the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show begins with a little bit of a recap of hour number one. Uh, the Holly Drag Storytime Drag Show at a supposed church in name only in Clintonville on Saturday did not happen. <clears throat> but the protest related to the drag show did happen. The school that was putting it on claims that Columbus police did not do enough to assure the safety of the participants. Uh, however, I find that view highly suspicious since no less of a police supporter than Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther is calling that bogus. Andrew Ginther saying that Columbus police as early as November the 18th, three weeks ahead of the drag show, reached out to the organizers of the drag show and held meetings with them and with an LGBTQ owned and staffed private security firm. So it would seem that the people who are putting forth the lies that transgenderism and drag shows are not a threat to kids are also lying about what Columbus police did to ensure the safety of the event. I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. Also, I told you that the reason why you stand on the corner and protest things like drag shows is because... Too many times in our public schools, we are not aware as parents of what is going on in our public schools until something we would not approve of going on in our public schools has already gone on in our public schools. And I pointed to the case of a librarian in Upper Arlington being invited into a sixth grade English language class at Hastings Middle School. Sixth grade. How old are you when you're in the sixth grade? 11 or 12? And she went in there. First of all, here's the dead giveaway. Her name is Alex with two X's. When you have two X's, that's like a transgender smoke signal. Okay. And she went in there introducing a book called Anna on the Edge, whose main character is introduced to and explores her gender fluidity. Oh, what what a coincidence that the non-binary librarian would bring in a book glorifying a kid who discovers that they themselves are non-binary. This would fall under the headline grooming. And parents, again, were not told about it. And guess who else was not told about it? The school principal. Wow, what guts that teacher has, huh? So the school principal in scramble mode, parents in anger mode. Here's a note from one of the parents. My husband and I immediately contacted the principal who was unaware of the guest in the school, as well as of the books and the subject matter being discussed. We need to let this community know what's happening within our schools, another parent told Libs of TikTok, because right now there are a lot of parents that have no idea what their kids are being exposed to on a daily basis. Adults need to start protecting our children from this constant bombardment of gender confusion and sexuality. Amen and amen. 
So if you're asking me why I'm not sitting here today condemning the Proud Boys showing up at this holly drag story time, the chief reason I'm not condemning them is because they did not appear to do anything unlawful. And you are allowed in this country to peacefully protest. I would prefer you not do it carrying AR-15s, but that also is in compliance with the law of the state of Ohio. Anybody can openly carry a weapon in this state. You don't even need concealed carry like I have to do so. And if you want to show up and display a show of force in order to be a deterrent to perverted and demented and satanic people on the other side of the sexuality argument, I'm with you as long as you stay peaceful. Now, we also delved into the whole collaboration between the Democratic National Committee, the Biden administration, and Twitter before it was owned by Elon Musk. And there's more meat left on that bone, so let me get to it. One thing that has not been reported that I did not know until I delved deeper into this is that both the Trump administration and the Biden administration reached out to Twitter to have posts they didn't like censored. However, ask yourself, and it all hinged, according to Matt Taibbi, the independent journalist who was given this internal communication by Elon Musk, it all hinged upon who you knew at Twitter, who was aligned with you politically at Twitter. So ask yourself, if all you needed to do was call somebody at Twitter who was politically aligned with you, do you think you'd have a better chance finding somebody high up at Twitter who was politically aligned with you if you were going to vote for Joe Biden? Or if you were going to vote for Donald Trump? Well, this might be an indicator. Political contributions by party recipients of Twitter employees. In 2020, Twitter employees donated to political causes just shy of a million dollars. How much do you think of that went to Democrats? $909,000. How much of that do you think went to Republicans? (laughs) So I think the odds are in your favor if you're a Democrat reaching out to people at Twitter. Okay. So they had to come up with a reason for censoring this New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop, which again, the FBI had the laptop a year before, a year before anything was published in the New York Post. The laptop repair shop guy in Delaware gave the laptop to the FBI. He did the right thing the first thing, take it to law enforcement. Well, I mean, the FBI, they're not partisan, right? If there's anything criminal on this laptop, the FBI will get to the bottom of that. And the guy waited a year and nothing happened, and so he kept a copy of the hard drive just in case. And he copied the hard drive again, and he gave that copy to Rudy Giuliani, who, of course, is an operative for Donald Trump. And Rudy Giuliani gave it to the New York Post. And the New York Post delved into it, dug into it, read the emails, looked at the pictures, looked at the videos. Hopefully not with any children in the room. And wrote the story. And then Twitter censored the story. Why did they censor the story? They knew they had to have a reason. These internal documents that Matt Taibbi exposed point out the fact that they had to have a reason. And the reason was because it was hacked materials. Well, what do you know? In the year between the time the FBI got the laptop and the year... Later, when the, Hunter, when the uh, New York Post reported it, the FBI had already gone into damage control mode. And they had already met with, on a weekly basis, Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram and said, hey, hey, with this election coming up, you got to watch out for hacked information. So, boom, the New York Post story drops, and Twitter had a plausible, for the moment, thread to hang on to. They hung a very heavy weight on a very flimsy wire that this was hacked information. Only It only took like a reasonable person about a half a hot second to say, well, it's not hack material. It's the repair shop owner's property because Hunter Biden didn't come and get the laptop. So the law of the land is that the laptop reverts in ownership to the guy who repaired it and didn't get paid to repair it. So it's his Laptop. It's the repair shop guy's laptop. And he gave it to the FBI, and he gave it to Rudy Giuliani. So it's not hack material at all. And Twitter employees' internal documentation shows knew that. But that was the only possible thing they could say because they couldn't say, well, the reason we're censoring it is because if it comes out, then Joe Biden will lose to Donald Trump and we'll have Donald Trump as president again. That was the real reason. You know it. I know it. They know it. Everybody knows it. And that's why the New York Times still today, since Matt Taibbi started releasing this information on Friday, has not reported one word about the Twitter files. And there's more coming. And they're going to be made to look stupid, just like they were made to look stupid on waiting a year to confirm. Yeah, it was Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. So stand by for that. The last thing I will tell you, two incestuous facts you need to remember. The general counsel at Twitter, top lawyer, can we censor this? Is that legal? Better go ask the general counsel. They knock on James Baker's door. He was the Twitter general counsel when they silenced the laptop store. Wait a minute, James Baker, I've heard that name. Who is James Baker? Oh, James Baker was with the FBI as its general counsel. When he went before Congress and said that Donald Trump had colluded with the Russians. He lied. He lied to Congress. He had to resign over that. Oh, well, don't worry. You'll probably get a better job. Presto changeo. He went from working for the FBI to working as the top lawyer at Twitter. One other incestuous fact you need to remember. Vinijay Gade was Twitter's general counsel who made the ultimate call. Remember, James Baker was at the FBI. So then, Venjay Gade made the call to censor it. And, of course, didn't tell Jack Dorsey, the owner of Twitter. She's since left Twitter. Where does she end up? Venjay Gade, right now, is the highly paid advisor to the Department of Homeland Security battling misinformation. So she went from working at Twitter, censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, to now working for the Biden administration. Two incestuous facts that bear remembering. Oh, I had all my ducks in a row for this segment, and then I see that George and Troy is holding on, and he wants to talk to me. He called 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, and I spent three years of my professional life in Troy, Ohio, uh, just about eh, 20 miles north of Dayton, 
Uh, some of the fondest memories that I have, some of the best friends that I have made came from Troy, Ohio. So uh, let's give George the floor on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, George. Hey, uh, Bruce. I love your show, man. I've been listening uh, quite often since you, uh, I guess, the last year or so. And, and you're just really a breath of fresh air. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the website lady and the, before her, the cake maker, they didn't want to make the cakes for the homosexual yep. couples. Uh, you know, I, I heard what the judge said, and I was kind of outraged what you read this morning that, uh, well, what if it's a uh, cake for, uh, website for uh, disabled people or interracial couples? And I'm thinking, well, what if it's a couple of uh, child molesters that want to get get married or celebrate their whatever they do, or uh, people are into bestiality or uh, a couple of mafia people? I mean, I don't want to celebrate, you know, criminals uh, celebrating whatever they celebrate. I mean, are we, are we no longer supposed to have discretion in anything in our country anymore? Everything has to be accepted? Well, the one thing that the Constitution has always allowed is that it cannot, or the one thing that is prevented is to, it cannot compel speech. It cannot force you to speak. That's why we have, you know, freedom of speech. We don't have freedom of consequences. But, you know, you can't compel speech. So if you're going to tell somebody that, well, our Colorado state law is that you can't discriminate between same-sex, about same-sex couples. So therefore, if you're a cake baker, a photographer, whatever, and a same-sex couple asks you to use your talents to uh, service their wedding, you have to do it. No, that's a state law that is compelling speech. So I have every confidence that the Supreme Court will rule against this. In fact, uh, Neil Gorsuch, one of the Supreme Court justices this morning, uh, asked questions of the people from the state of Colorado who said, well, wait a second, after Jack, I can't remember Jack's last name, the cake baker, uh, after he won yeah. his case, didn't he have to undergo a re-education seminar? And they said, oh, no, no, not a re-education seminar. We just met with him to uh, advise him to what Colorado law is. And Gorsuch said, well, it sounds to me like a re-education seminar. So it's not going well for the state of Colorado in this, and I would anticipate that they will lose this case, just like the football coach in Washington won his case a couple of months ago because the Supreme Court takes a very dim view of inroads advancing on constitutional protections. And certainly the uh, prohibition against compelling speech is a constitutional protection. Great point. I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't realized that. Well, one other point I want to make, and, and that is, I think is at the root of this whole insanity of, uh, about the perversion of uh, morals, is uh, the one thing you've been hearing, I've been hearing, uh, you know, I'm 68 now, and I've been hearing it for you know, decades, is uh, the excuse is I was born that way. And as a uh, convert to Christianity relatively late in my life, I was pretty much an atheist most of my life, but one of the things I learned in Christianity is uh, we're all born that way as far as sin, uh, doing wrong, yes. uh, immorality. We're all born murderers, liars, thieves, sexual perverts. So that's no excuse. I mean, uh, there's jails full of people that are, are, can make the same uh, basis for their crime. I was born a murderer. I was born a thief. Yeah. Uh, so what? You don't do, you know, we there's certain moral standards that we have in the Western civilization, and to t that's no excuse, and that seems to be the excuse. That I'm is a the boy, excuse. but I want to be a girl, so I'm, we had that here in Troy. Uh, 
Uh, essentially oh, yes. the lakes, oh, but I, I, think... I remember the homecoming. Yes, yes, yes. George... Yeah, the homecoming king dressed up in a dress, you know, for the homecoming game because uh, he felt like a girl. Yeah. And, George... and we have the, you know, we have the bathroom thing here, as, as I think all of Ohio does, so the boys can go in the girls' bathroom and vice versa. And, uh, it's, you know, I've, I've spoken out at the school board meetings, and I'm uh, really just incensed. And I love the, the stance that you take on the issue, and uh, we just need more Americans like you, and I hope you'll run for Congress someday, uh, my friend. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say no to anything. I'm, uh, God has control of my life, and whatever door he opens, I'll walk through it. George, you, you brought up an interesting point, and I'm going I'm to say goodbye and thank you for your time, and I want you to listen to the next clip I'm going to play because it talks about the necessity to do exactly what you're doing. So I thank you for your call, and I want you to listen to this next audio clip because i came across this this morning and i intended to and i will uh delve deeply into it later on in the show but we have josh pick scheduled next but this is the pastor alistair Begg, and george talked about standing up for truth saying things that are unpopular and if you like george like me are someone who orders their life according to faith you might say well you know it's 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 divisive to stand for truth, and you might hurt somebody's feelings. And Alistair Begg, in his sermon, I presume yesterday, talked about why we take the positions we take on these cultural issues that are in front of us now. Pay close attention to what he has to say. We are not free to tamper with Scripture. Why would I want to come up here and address these things this morning? Only because of the Bible. We started, so we have to go. We're not free to tamper with the Bible. We're not at liberty to rewrite the Bible, to accommodate godless perspectives, whether it's a godless perspective on euthanasia or on abortion or on sexuality, whatever it might be, transgenderism. And in this arena right now, at this point in the 21st century here in America, within the framework of church, whatever you want to call church, big church, let everybody go in for the moment and think about this. The danger is an increasing danger that those who should know better are losing their convictions, not about sexual matters, but about the authority of the Bible. That is the issue. In all of these things, it is all from the Garden of Eden. The evil one came and said, did God really say? Did he really say that? They believed the lie and the rest followed. The same bullet is in his gun. Coming to the pastor say, but wait a minute, pastor. Does that what it really means? Is that what he really said? And those who are in positions of our responsibility need to face that. If we lose conviction about the authority of the Bible, if we then become uncertain about it, then we lose our voice. If we then in turn become indifferent to the issue, then we're in real trouble. We are indeed. If we become indifferent to the issue, we are in real trouble. That was the message from Alistair Begg, and that is at the root of why we do what the Apostle Paul said to do in Ephesians 6.10, stand against evil. You stand against it. And this viewpoint that you can't be compassionate by sticking up for the authority of Scripture, is it compassionate to allow somebody to engage in behavior that will doom them to a life of desperation and destruction, or is it compassionate to tell them how they should live?
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.